eyes peeled, everyone. Welcome to Full 10 Yards Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome to the latest edition of the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Podcast. You join a slightly emptier huddle today. Uh, It's just myself and James, but we are here to talk you through the week five matchups, our MVPs, honourable mentions, busts, our top waiver targets and our top trades analysis. James, how are you doing? Are you okay? Yeah, not too bad. Just for whatever reason, we've done a practice Christmas dinner just because we know we're not going to get another chance with baby juice. So it's just one of those random things. <laughs> Thanksgiving's coming. I absolutely love the thought of a practice Christmas dinner on the 12th of October. I've done it for years. Usually I have friends around, but obviously COVID's kind of put pay to that. So we're sort of realising we're going to have Christmas dinner for two and a bit. Um, uh, well, two because the baby can't eat Christmas dinner when it's a month. <laughs> but um, so we always do a practice every year. But obviously, we we're now having to work out how on earth do we do it for two. We're normally doing it for six or four yeah. or eight. So we've just done a practice run today and delicious. So oh. um, yeah, I mean the baby's due on Thanksgiving. No, it's actually due, sorry, it's due Black Friday. So it's going to be right in the middle of Thanksgiving. So uh, yeah, that week's going to be interesting. <laughs> Yeah, but at least if if you've got labour all of the Thursday night, you've you've got an excuse to just sit there because you can't do anything on labour, can you? So uh, you just be able to sit there all day and night watching the football with uh, the perfect excuse for, for doing anything else. If I'm not allowed in the hospital, then it's a guarantee. If I am in the hospital, I don't think I'm going to be putting SkyGo on my phone. <laughs> oh, you will. You will, James. <laughs> so we yes obviously we we've got rob on paternity leave at the moment so it is just myself and james and then they'll be doing kind of a bit of a swap around a little bit later on in the season so yeah we are here to talk to you week five and then look ahead i was going to say to thursday night football then but we haven't got there any. Isn't any there is no thursday night football due to the oh, I can't, honestly when uh, chef d put out his tweet explaining all of the rearrangements that, that were happening next week it's it, it takes somebody with a lot more intelligence than i to uh, to work out exactly what's happening so i don't know whether to applaud the nfl for going to such lengths to to make it work to make it happen or to whether just say look you've overthought this let's get a week week 18 and let's let's play those games that we can't play throughout the season in week 18 because yeah I have a feeling that, that that the next time a game gets postponed, it's going to be a week 18 because, quite frankly, the brain power to figure out another way of rearranging everybody to allow a bye week. And when you consider there's a lot more teams already had a bye week than normal at this stage. Yeah, it's going to be beyond Mensa level, potentially. Yeah, and it... it... I feel like they should have just made that decision now to get the week 18 involved because then they could have said, right, well, this game has been postponed as well. So we'll put that into week 18. And by the time week 18 does roll around, it would have been a full slate of games. And there's going to be fantasy implications because there's, there's additional buys and there's players that you wouldn't have had quite the thing, but we knew what we were signing up for when we started the season. We knew that there was going to be this potential. We knew. So there's going to be plenty of commissioners out there scratching their heads, having having all these problems. But we're going to get notice that these games are getting cancelled and pulled. We, we we got notice that the, the Patriots and the, the Broncos were being pulled. It wasn't the, the greatest amount of notice, but you, you've still got those alternatives. So, yeah, we're just going to have to take the rough and the smooth a little bit this season. And as long as we can see a full season of football and work towards the playoffs. And it's not like too many people will have made plans to go to the Super Bowl. So even if that gets postponed by a week or two, it's not like people will have spent too much money already on plane tickets and such like that. Because You'd like to hope anyway. Well, yeah, if, you, if, you've already, if you've already bought your Super Bowl plane ticket, then uh, you're a braver person than I. So oh, right, are, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> So, without further ado, let's head into our Week 5 MVPs. James, who have you got as your fantasy MVP? There's a difficulty with this segment because I think the best, well, the biggest two MVPs of the week are people who very few people will have played in their lineups. 
Um, so I'm kind of tempted to go a little off piste and ignore them for the time being. I don't know whether you'll take them or not, but I am going to say Mike Davis for the Panthers because no CMC, no problem, it would appear. Um, although, to be honest, I would rephrase that to it's the Atlanta, sec- um, Atlanta defense, no problem. Not the secondary, it's just the whole defense is struggling in Atlanta. Um, so <laughs> nearly made it to 30 fantasy points, 16 attempts for 89 yards, nine receptions for 60 yards and a touchdown. So near enough 150 yards from scrimmage. And it just he just was able to run the offense. It, I mean, he's not CMC, but he's still been able to put up the numbers, certainly in this game when the opposition is weak enough. Um, it shows that that system was well designed, to be honest. And yeah, if you if you picked him up, I mean, as the CMC as a CMC backup, well done. If you picked him up despite the CMC owner, also well done. Um, he kind of got it was deserved. Now the interesting thing is CMC is due back. Well, he's now available to be designated off of IR. His three week stint is now ended. And they're saying this week that they're going to be doing some tests to check how ready he is, which to me sounds a bit like he might not go this week, especially when you consider how well Davis has done so in the last couple of weeks. It's a matchup against the Bears, which is maybe not an ideal return game for him, but it's a 4-1 versus 3-2 and two matchup, and the Panthers suddenly find themselves you know, not in no man's land as maybe they were expecting. So it's it's an interesting, but you may get one more good week out, Mike Davis, which is why I really wanted to give him, you know, give him some airtime today. But I think, um, yeah, if you, no one's going to take a trade for him at this point. So you could, you've probably only got one week left. So just take the points and then take the waiver wire. Well, there's going to be the odds the odd owner here and there that isn't quite aware that McCaffrey's coming back. We'll see the stats and we'll take a trade, but that's when you start to uh, play the that's system. Psychology, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. That's well, when you start to play the system a lot So, yeah, the Panthers are a funny one this year. Like you say, I, I was certainly tipping them to, to be certainly in the top 10 picks, maybe maybe even the top five this year, but it just it just works. Robbie Anderson's come in. He's He's been an asset. And I think we've got that shrouded vision over players that are in New York at the Jets because of, of how bad they have been under, under Gase under the past couple of seasons. And we, we've forgotten how good Robbie Anderson actually was. And there was, a, there was a few people that were hot on him heading into the season. I was okay on him, but when, you, when you're playing against DJ Moore, who everyone was tipping to have another fantastic fantasy season, Robbie Anderson was kind of uh, ignored a little bit. And Robbie Anderson's come in. He's been good and he's getting big games every single week. He's a decent, viable fantasy starter at the wide receiver two position. And obviously that makes Teddy Bridgewater a decent start against the Falcons. We we thought he'd do well and it, it was a great performance. And yeah, they're in, like you said, they're in that position now where they can start to, to push on. I think they're going to really struggle against the Saints and the Buccaneers to, to challenge for the, for the division. But yeah. we, we've got the seven playoff teams this year. All it takes is for another couple of teams in the conference to, to get struck by COVID uh, the NFC West, which was tipped to be the, the far and the way the best division. Uh, the Cardinals aren't doing as well as we thought they would do. The 49ers certainly aren't doing as well as we thought they would do. So they could just sneak that seventh spot. It would yeah, be- they're on three wins in a row. It's um, it's They seem to have the roster pieces are all there. DJ Moore, is, I think DJ Moore is better suited to be a wide receiver too for a team. It sort of seemed that way in his early years. And then what he didn't always step up to the one fantastically. But Robbie Anderson, I think, is actually a good thing for him, but not for fantasy owners, mm. which is probably, you know, a decent thing. They, I'd actually say the Panthers are possibly a tight end and a defense <laughs> away from challenge, from actually, you know, being legitimately able to challenge New Orleans in the books. I mean, when Breeze has gone, that could get interesting, that division. Just because, obviously, Brady, Breeze are both in, well in the 40s now, so they're not going to be around forever. 
Winston, I'm going to love seeing him in New Orleans when he finally gets his shot. I think that's a really smart move from him there. He's got a, a couple of years now to, to learn from from Breeze and Sean Payton just to to learn the ropes because obviously he was he was talented enough in Tampa Bay, but there was the inaccuracies as well. So he's got that year now to learn. Uh, what do you reckon to, to Jamie's? That's one I was thinking actually the other day that if you're in a dynasty league and you are sort of you're 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 either about to go own five one and four something like that and especially in two QB leagues I'll stipulate that if you're in a Superflex or two QB dynasty start thinking about either picking up Winston if he's on waivers or just chucking a cheap trade for him potentially because that it. You know, some some owners think that Hill will become the starter, but I think it will be Winston's job, you know, for the beginning stages, and they'll keep Hill as the gadget player, um, and then Hill will eventually walk out because he's had enough. But I think he's a good option for sort of the dynasty long term. Even and then, you know, it's not going to cost you much to find out, and he may be a decent stash because those benches are usually pretty deep. Yeah, they are, and I've. I have already got Jamie's in, in one of my leagues. It's like you say, it's a super flex league. Um, and he's currently set, I think he's my quarterback four, uh, because I'm, I'm having yeah. to just with everything that's going on at the moment. I think, I think I had Jamie's Jeff Driscoll and Drew Locke on my, on my roster at one point using the DA, uh, the IR spots to try and to try and mix them around. So yeah, yeah I not- had to force drop him in order to bring someone off the taxi squad. Oh. Um, in fact, I think I had an IR bring up and a taxi squad bring up, which kind of ruined it, really. But I might just pick him straight back up again because, uh, yeah, that, that league, I've got a lot of sort of also rounds at wide receiver and running back that I could probably jettison in order to bring him in. Yeah. So we head over to my fantasy MVP, and it is somebody who perhaps wasn't the best day they've ever had. But it was somebody who was bounced back to the player that we know they certainly can be. And that was Deshaun Watson, the quarterback in Houston. We have finally got rid of Bill O'Brien. So the, the Texans, well, we, we say this, but we didn't like GM Bill O'Brien, but we liked coach Bill O'Brien. However, he's now gone from the organization entirely. And we have got Deshaun Watson, who seemingly took that step up a little bit to to try and prove what he could do without him. He threw the ball 35 times, completed 25 for 359 passing yards, three touchdowns. That was counted with two interceptions. But interestingly, he was only sacked the one time. Now, over the last few years, the Texans have been notorious for allowing Deshaun Watson to get sacked. And Jacksonville have been notorious for sacking the quarterback. Obviously, we haven't got the same defense there in Jacksonville that we've had over the past few years. But Deshaun Watson was only sacked the once. And he did manage two rushes for 25 yards as well. And the Texans cruised to a 30-14 victory against the division rivals. So I was really pleased to see Deshaun Watson. He was spreading the ball about as well. So... We had uh, 12 targets to Brandon Cooks, which after last week's performance, hmm. what's going on there from a fantasy perspective? We were we were cursing. I, we were right in the epitaph. I mean, the, the obituary column was out and then he goes off. I mean, there was a few places where I dropped him and a few places where he sat on the bench on 30 plus points. But it's going to be one of those, I think, for that whole, for that whole wide receiver car now, it's going to be very much... You know, one one's going to be big one week, one may be big the next week, and it's good luck picking which one is going to be the most relevant week on week. It's going to be, I think, to be fair, there's a lot of teams where that is the case, both at wide receiver and at tight end nowadays. So, and even running back, look at the Rams. So, yeah, just the modern NFL, it's hell for fantasy. Yeah, it, it really is. And the target share there, Cooks with 12, Fuller with eight, Cobb with six, David Johnson with four. The, the, the ball was the ball was going everywhere to all the different positions. So it it was good to see Deshaun Watson doing that. And obviously we we wanted him to see take that step up without without J. Hopkins, because a lot of people have said that Deshaun Watkins is uh, sorry, <laughs> Deshaun Watkins. Uh, <laughs> Deshaun Watson is nothing without DeAndre Hopkins, but it's good to see him finally take that step up. And just a bit of a shout out in this game as well to, to David Johnson, who tops 100 yards for the first time in a couple of years. So that was 96 on the ground and seven through the air for DJ there, uh, showing his fantasy owners why they, why they drafted him. Yeah, good one. I liked it. So yeah, well done, Deshaun Watson. 
James, anything to add before we uh, go to your honourable mention or uh, have we covered Deshaun Watson? And nothing? I think we've covered Deshaun Watson and the Texans quite nicely. The only thing I will add is that, Jacks, that Jacksonville defence was quite depleted. They were probably missing two of their best three on that defence. Josh Allen missing was huge. So it'll be interesting to see how Watson fares against Tennessee next week, so long as they don't get any more positives. But I'd say he's gonna, his mojo is going to be coming back after that. Um, and, yeah, the Jags will just have to hope they can get some personnel back. So Indeed. So, I James, yeah. yeah, who's your honourable mention for uh, fantasy performer of the week? So I'm going to go with what, if for anyone who listens to the fantasy footballers or is a fan of the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise, uh, has probably one of the best riffs, best, uh, you know, idents of all of them, and that's Adam hooked on a Thielen. So 29.3 points, nine receptions for 80 yards and two touchdowns in a loss to Seattle. But this is the Adam Thielen that we thought we were drafting. It's just that he's done it nearly all in one game. That would normally be two games performance for Adam Thielen, to be honest. Um, when Stefan Diggs left, it was very much, and Justin Jefferson came in, everyone thought Thielen was the one, Jefferson was the two, and we were going to have you know a nice little two-way combo, but you know the balance of power was more definitely with Thielen. Jefferson then takes off, and suddenly everyone's like, well, Adam Thielen, done. And this game proved that he wasn't, and in fact, he's still as relevant as ever. Um, I don't. I feel like last week I wanted to say trade for Adam Thielen, but I just did not have the guts to stick with it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, but then again, I think most of my takes last week were terrible. So, I might. I, I must have kept all the good ones. I'll, I'd love to say tactical advantage, but it's just I. I can't pick him. But nah, Thielen was solid, and Kirk Cousins is starting to you know pick back up a little bit. Then again, he's playing against some slightly weaker secondaries. Uh, bear that in mind that next week, I believe he has is it Atlanta? Yes, it is. He's at home to Atlanta, so um, Cousins is going to be relevant for another week. And I think both Thielen and Jefferson are going to have a nice day next week. Yeah, indeed. And in my DraftKings lineup for for last night, I I got Will Disley for like two hundred dollars. I put him in there. He got the, uh, the nineteen yard touchdown there. Um, I went Russell Wilson as my captain, which happy days. Chris Carson, he he got the the touchdown. However, wide receiver, I went Tyler Lockett and Justin Jefferson. Yeah. And it was Thielen and Metcalf that, that both went off for two touchdowns apiece. So. I made the same mistake, but put in Madison as well. Okay. I, had, I had I had everything right. I just got the wide receivers same two the wrong way around. That was I was on for no. It was looking it was looking good. All the side picks were good. It was just the main ones that went horribly wrong again. Yes, yeah, you get so close and yet so far like. Well, I was just sat looking at the, the bottom of the barrel because I'd, I'd spent all my money. I was just looking at um, the bottom of the barrel and it's a choice between like Will Disley, uh, Travis Homer, all those Jacob kind of Hollister. players. Yeah, exactly. Jacob Hollister. So I went with uh, Disley, dart throw, struck on it, but then uh, <laughs> Jefferson fair, and uh, Lockett. Fair to, fair to say, shout out to DK Metcalf in this game. No silly antics. And apparently he's a very, very good fourth down wide receiver. Yeah, nice diving grab to 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 get the game. Like it was a it was a nice tough one. Uh, Vikings against Seahawks, but yeah, Seattle they look they look really good. Five and zero, three and zero at home. Obviously, uh, they, yeah, they look really good this year, and I think they're going to run away with the division, and they're certainly going to uh, to go a long way into the into the playoffs because of that. They could be a Super Bowl contender this year, and they played in the green, which I do love that green that they play in as well. Um, you, you wouldn't think that I'm a 49ers fan <laughs> the way I'm talking but um, no I, I do I just love it. living in electric green living, yeah love it love it love it and my honourable mention I'm going to go really off piece here and I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens DST so not everybody yeah. in fantasy has a DST yet here we are talking about the Baltimore Ravens in standard scoring leagues they were the sixth highest scoring 
well, player, if you like, of the week, and they only dropped down to 11th in PPR leagues. Uh, they got a whopping 26 fantasy points, and yeah, it just came from everywhere. Joe Burrow, he just got hit every single time he dropped back. It was... You felt so far sorry for him. And a lot of the time, the decisions were on him. He held on to the ball for far too long. But a lot of the time, it was the offensive line. It was just the communications. And um, it was interesting to see the the Patrick-Queen connection because apparently Queen and Burrow didn't get on very well when they were both at LSU together. Yeah, Both first-round picks playing off towards each other. Uh, Queen managed to get a big hit on Burrow early on in the game. And then also had a touchdown as well. So, yeah, Patrick Queen will be coming away from this game feeling very pleased with himself. It was uh, a tough day at the office for, for Joe Burrow. He's, he's been great so far, but he's going to have those days. He's a rookie in the NFL that hasn't had a preseason. He's going to come across teams like the Baltimore Ravens that just annihilate him, and he's going to have to learn to deal with it. The Bengals aren't a playoff team. They're not a Super Bowl team. And they've played better than they should have done in the first three weeks. And yeah, we, we got a little bit carried away. We were having a discussion earlier on in the week as to whether the Bengals could beat the Ravens this week. But the Ravens stepped up and said, no, thank you. Uh, we are not relinquishing our crown, certainly to the, to the Cincinnati Bengals this year anyway. So yeah, great performance from the Baltimore defense, 26 fantasy points. And that's even without Earl Thomas, who got released before the season even started. So fantastic performance there from the Baltimore Ravens DST. And I am liking the look of them moving forwards. James, anything to add on that one on either side of the ball, uh, Cincinnati or Baltimore? Um, well, I know we might, I don't know whether we're going into injuries again or not, but uh, AJ we went down. So um, yeah, the, the inevitable happened. So um, cross that one off your bingo card, most people, especially Rob. I know you're listening, and I'm sure you, you know, you're not you're not reveling too much in it, but you'll still have a slight smile while you're cradling. Yeah, AJ Green. Yeah, we will get to the injuries in a little bit, but it was just a ticking time bomb. It was it was always going to come, and yeah, we hope the best for AJ Green. But yeah, we've got to be looking now towards his career being done. So, James, whilst we're on the subject, who was your fantasy bust of the week? A fair few options, but we've already mentioned Joe Burrow, but I'm going to stay at quarterback, and I'm going with Matt Ryan for the Falcons. You normally expect the Falcons' offense to try and offset how bad the defense is, but Matt Ryan did not do it for you this week. Less than six points in PPR leagues. Um, yes, he had 226 passing yards, but an interception, a fumble, which he recovered, and minus one rushing yard to go with it. It was just not a good day at the office. Obviously, Julio was missing, but Calvin Ridley was still there. Um, Hayden Hurst was still there. It just happened to be Todd Gurley who did a lot of the work in that game, and Matt Ryan just left out to dry. I mean, most people would have said it was a banker against the Panthers to think that you're going to probably at least get you know, 15, 20, 25 points, but... 5.9. I mean, there was, a, there was a fair few shockers this week, but that one surprised me. Yeah, and this, this was such a frustrating game for Atlanta because Calvin Ridley was stuck on 28 receiving yards for so long in this game. And I'm just sat there screaming like, throw the ball to Calvin Ridley. And then third, fourth quarter, they all of a sudden remembered, oh yeah, Calvin Ridley's good at football, forgot about him. And he finished the day with 10 targets, eight receptions, 136 receiving yards, which is a game that we've become accustomed to for for Calvin Ridley. No touchdowns for him today. And Todd Gurley, he got five targets, which he's not seen, I don't think, all season combined, which he managed four receptions, 29 yards, to go with his 14 carries for 121 yards and a touchdown. So it's it's a weird one for the Falcons because it's like they had all the pieces there in place. Everything was set. They had the top wide receiver performance and the top running back performance, but nothing else to go around it. And we've already mentioned the Carolina Panthers on how, how good they looked with Robbie Anderson, Mike Davis, Teddy Bridgewater against that porous Falcons defense. And there are rumors now that it is all but done that Dan Quinn is going to lose his job. Now, I, think, I, be- I believe they've already sacked Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov. So, um, yeah, the axe has fallen early. They Another coach who's actually survived less time than Adam Gaze, which is <laughs> which is maybe my shock of the week. Uh, yeah, it's... 
I think Matt Patricia and Adam Gase were were leading the favourites to, to lose their jobs first. And now where uh, Bill O'Brien and Dan Quinn have already gone. But a lot of money lost on those markets. Yes. Bookies are rubbing their hands together on that one. Uh, but the Atlanta Falcons at 0-5. I did not see this coming at all. Well, it's, it's, it's strange. In my pre-season projections, I started off really low on the Falcons. Gradually built up, gradually like Gurley more, Ridley more, and got to a point where I was, I was really high on the Falcons. And then they completely let me down and I was currently sat at 0-5 in the NFC South. Looking Question. Through, yes. Is Hayden Hurst droppable at this point? Six 2. targets. 2.8 this week. <laughs> mm, not if he's getting six targets is, is the only caveat that I'd add to that. Um Six Again, targets, albeit that's without Julio. It is without Julio, but yeah, I can't ignore that six targets. So I know what you're saying. I'm not starting him for at least a couple of weeks, but if he's getting six targets out of 35, then he's he lives to fight another day. Just yeah, if if the, if the tight end landscape was a bit more predictable, I'd have said yes. But at the moment, it's it's one of those. He's probably. He's probably more predictable than others, albeit his consistency at the moment is consistently bad. Although, big shout out to Hayden Hurst because he is the only tight end in our auction league that uh, has survived through to, to week six. So, big shout out to Hayden Hurst. So, he's, he's not doing much, <laughs> like you say, but um, he, is, he has been my one constant in our two tight end league there. He's not killing his body, it's just killing his fantasy points. Exactly. Albeit, well, while we're on that subject, uh, sore point, Mike Kosicki had one of his better days. Mo Ali Cox had a goose egg. <laughs> I came out of that looking bad. And now Trey Burton's back. I have a horrible feeling that all my Mo Ali Cox shares are now depreciating quickly because that's a three tight end system. So <laughs> in the same way that the Rams is a two tight end system, which he'd be being another one of the slight losers this week because Everett took off. Um, yeah, there's a lot of tight end by committees going on, which is making a difficult position all the much harder for fantasy. Exactly. But it's like we've planned it, and your Mike Kosicki reference takes me nicely onto the 49ers and Dolphins game for my fantasy bust. Well, I suppose you'd argue that every 49er was a, was a fantasy bust, particularly at the quarterback position. But yeah. it's the big special shout-out to Jarek McKinnon. Yep. 2.5 PPR points, 0.5 standard points. Yeah, Mostert came back and Mostert took all of that work straight back off him. And what annoyed me the most about this was, was that McKinnon was still getting work in the first two weeks when Mostert was healthy. Uh, McKinnon had back-to-back double-digit weeks in those first two weeks. He was averaging uh, over 13 points in the first couple of weeks, even with Mostert there. But no, one carry, which was a fourth down carry, which by running Jerry McKinnon on fourth down, Different question, but I'll ask that to Carl Shanahan if I ever get to speak to him. But he was stonewalled on that one. And he had four targets, which he brought two in for five yards to get his 2.5 fantasy points. So uh, I actually asked this question before the game. I said, are we starting Jared McKinnon back with, with Mustard Active? James, you were one of the people that replied to me to say, yeah, yes. he will get the work. And I was in full agreement with it. I started I started Jared McKinnon where I had him because Mustard was coming back from an injury and a running back that, that operates the way that Mostert does, and the injury isn't necessarily going to be the best thing for him. It's going to impair his cutting ability, etc. And uh, McKinnon and Mostert can coexist, but clearly not today. Yeah, the that game got away. Yeah, that game got away from the 49ers early, and the run game wasn't what you needed. Unfortunately, Jimmy Garoppolo did not look right, and that wasn't providing what they needed either. I have a feeling that may have been a rush back too quickly because the turns, all the movement just wasn't there that they needed, even to the point that, you know, just turning to dump after the running back wasn't looking right. So let's just hope it's, well, I say let's just hope for your sake, let's hope it's a one-week blip. And for owners of McKinnon, Mostert, Kittle, Samuel, Ayuk, let's hope it's a one-week, you know, slight malfunction, but... Yeah, that's that's one to keep an eye on. Yeah, it just wasn't a good day at the office there. And the problem is his confidence is going to be shot, headed into the half. Just he had seconds left on the clock, and it was just two complete unnecessary throws, one of which he threw for through an interception, which the the 
Dolphins were able to take points off, just completely shot his confidence to bench him at half time. Like you say, it would have just been better off leaving it an extra week and then just giving him the, the go next week. It, it was it was not good to see as a 49ers fan. But his counterpart, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he was having the time of his life. Yeah. <laughs> Many were saying this would be the last game that we got to see of Fitzmagic before that to a tongue of Ayaloa came into the lineup. But no, Fitzmagic had the time of his life. And there was plenty of beneficiaries there. Preston Williams had 106 yards and a touchdown. Devontae Parker had 50 yards and a touchdown. And although uh, Mike Kosicki got 91 receiving yards, it was actually Adam Shaheen that got the, the three-yard uh, touchdown at the, the tight end position. So, yeah, he was having the time of his life. Uh, shout out to Matt Breeder. He had a big play against his former team, uh, a 31-yard 31, 31 reception, which I'm sure that he loved. So it all went, went very well. And it wasn't you, – you wouldn't have played him in fantasy. Well, actually, he, in some leagues, he, he could be one of your best choices. But Carl Juszczyk, he had his first rushing touchdown in a 49ers jersey this weekend, just gone, a, uh, a seven-yard rush. So, yeah, that was his well, first – receptions. All his others was receiving touchdowns, which uh, we know he, that he's certainly capable of doing. But yeah, his first rushing touchdown in the Fortnite mm. on this journey. Breeder comes back to actually existing. Jordan Howard wasn't even active. So amazing how things changed from all the draft shows we had. <laughs> in fact, it seems like Jordan Howard being inactive was what Matt Breeder needed. But um, yeah, Fitzmagic having the time of his life. And who have they got next week? The Jets at home. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd fill your boots. Yikes. So, James, we head over to the waiver wire. Obviously, we've got the NFL hype train coming out very, very soon. So, without giving too much away, who is your top waiver pickup of the week? Well, it's about time. We, we've managed to get this far in the podcast without mentioning him. And as the resident Steeler fan, I suppose I really ought to. <laughs> Chase Claypool. Now, it's not often that a rookie will take, you know, have one massive game and take off. And I then say, you know what? You need to spend the fab on him and get him now. It's just that if you don't, someone else will. And I think that offense, Deontay Johnson went out of that game early through injury. And we don't know how long he's going to be out for. Juju has not necessarily lived up to the hype of being a, a one. And that team needs a one. And Claypool's made his case. He had one, you know, he's had one big play earlier in the year, but a four touchdown performance and 42.6 points in BBR as a wide receiver is unreal. So I don't I don't want to say to people, you know, spend all your fab on him. That would be irresponsible. But if it's you, if you don't get him now, you won't. I think you're going to see one of the biggest like ownership swings of the season. From He's currently 9% owned on ESPN and about 30% owned on Flea Flicker because I tend to use Flea Flicker for dynasty purposes, so he's a lot more owned on that one. Sleeper, I'm not quite sure, but I imagine it's probably right between those two numbers. I suspect that's going to be toward the 90% number by the end of the week because um, everyone's going to want a piece of that, potentially. So, yeah, he's definitely got to be up there with your pickups. Yeah, for, and he, he had one uh, call back as well, didn't he? It was, it was yeah. before his fourth, uh, but he had, he had one call back. So he was just loving his, his, his life. And he had, he's had the longest play from scrimmage so far this season with an 84 touchdown uh, he had yeah. in week two. So... Yeah, it's been a really good start to the season and Pittsburgh just love drafting wide receivers that weren't in the first round. We've seen a plethora of them over Big Ben's career and Chase Claypool looks to be the next one in line. And this is coming from a Steelers fan in James. So, yeah, he's, he's recommended in there. So I'm normally, I'm normally the last person to back my own player because karma is a bitch. And usually whenever I back my own team, it goes horribly wrong. But that it's too exceptional a performance to ignore. Um, I hope I'm not stealing something from off your toes, but on the other side, big shout for Travis Fulgham. Oh, <laughs> right, I'll let you take time. over. I'll <laughs> let you take over because you'll have this prepped. Yeah, so uh, Travis Fulgham, the uh, 
Philadelphia Eagles seemingly only wide receiver at this very moment in time. He has come in. He had uh, the three targets last week, two receptions and a touchdown. Um, and he looked, it, it was the game winner against 49ers. He looked really good in that one. And he came in this week. He had 13, that is 13 targets, uh, 10 of which were receptions for 152 and a touchdown as well. And I'm the last person that wants to jump onto, I was going to say a hype train then, but... Um, <laughs> yes, do. this is, this but, is on um, brand. Yeah, um, point chasing is certainly something that you should not do in fantasy football because you will get burnt by it. But you've just got to look at the situation that the Philadelphia Eagles are in right now. Uh, they've got no pass catchers. So if Travis Fulgham can come in and he can build that chemistry with with... Carson Wentz, he can earn that trust. He can get those targets whilst no one else is there to get them because Zach Ertz ain't getting them. Zach Ertz. Uh, 1.2 points. Exactly. It is not going well for Zach Ertz at all. And Jalen Ragor is slated to come back very soon. To Sean Jackson, we keep on getting promises that he's coming back week on week. Alshon Jeffrey, no idea what's happened to him. He's fallen off the uh, face of the earth. He's so, still not back. Yeah. He, the, the, these guys. Know. Yeah, we, we don't know what's going on with these Philadelphia pass catchers. So Travis Fulgham now has got a great opportunity to build that rapport with Carson Wentz, to get his trust, to get those targets in. And we're going to see him uh, take off for the rest of the season now. And you look at his schedule, he's got Dallas in week 16. So you know that there's going to be fantasy points in that one. Arizona, they aren't great against the wide receiver either. So in week 15 as well. He's got some tasty games coming up. So maybe not next week against the Ravens, but yeah, Travis Fulgham's got some great, great matchups. So pick him up off your waivers, spend your fab budget on him and Chase Claypool, and you will have a nice wide receiver duo there that you would not have even statted out in week one. So that's just how the fantasy football season goes, but we've got to be dynamic. That is the way it goes. Yeah. Anything else to add on Fulgham then, James? Is that a spoiler? Is that another spoiler for the uh, for the hype train article? Potentially. I mean, there's it was one of the better weeks. It's just you, I'm finding with writing the hype train every week that wide receiver you will always get, and you know to, you get to choose who you pick because yeah. there's always there's always plenty of wide receivers who are low owned, but there are plenty who are relevant. Running back, it's a struggle to find two on a weekly basis who are less than fifty percent owned. Effect, which is my always my criteria is you know they must be less than 50% owned on ESPN but I'm obviously certain formats different ones around different values and say I'll not spoil the article but I could only find two this week at all and both of them are sort of in the 40% owned range so it gets a bit tight and tight end used to be fine but as we were saying earlier the tight end landscape's getting a bit you know, there because suddenly Tyler Higby doesn't look particularly great week on week because Everett's there and that's now a two tight end tandem. The Colts have now got three tight ends, which really stunts growth for fantasy. And they're not by no means the teams. And there's plenty of teams who haven't really got a relevant tight end on their roster, um, unless you're playing in our loser league, of course. So, um, and even then, Dan Arnold earning me too many points. I've had to drop him from the Cardinals. So, um, yeah, it's it's a tricky landscape, but um, yeah, there's still always there's always plenty of wide receiver gold out there. And we move into finally the trade section of the show. So uh, there will be a trade article coming out from myself in the middle of the week, but we'll now have a cheeky little sneak preview. So, James, who is your top trade buy candidate after week five? <sighs> I keep trying to put this off, but it's probably too late. But Jamison Crowder, because whilst he still has that denomination of he plays for the New York Jets, I still don't think people are valuing him as high as he is worth in fantasy points. But he's putting them up so regularly now that I don't think that secret is particularly secret any longer. Um, it's just it's a case of it's taken me too long to become a believer, but he is still a trade for for people who think the drop off might be coming. I don't think so, to be honest. Because if you can still have a solid 25 point fantasy performance with Joe Flacco as your quarterback, 
then you really are, you know, you, you, the proof is there effectively. I mean, I wasn't a believer at the beginning of the season, but I am now. Um, if you're making a run, it's probably a reason to be, well, a cheaper option than going for one of the star names. But yeah, that's just, that's just my thoughts anyway. Yeah, very much so. Uh, and I don't think Gates will be there for very much longer. Um, Which I think will only be a help to him. Yeah, and Darnold, I still want to believe in him. It's, yeah. He's running out of time very, very quickly, but I still do want to believe in Darnold, and he's going to need to rely on a player like Jameson Crowder to to save him, to save his career. Yeah. So, I really, really want to see Darnold without Gaze because I have a feeling that there is a really good player in there that just needs a bit of love, and I do, I do believe in him. He's certainly another good trade low candidate in Dynasty, especially Superflex, and in fact, just week long Superflex. We've got we've got Le'Veon Bell there as well, who at one point he was far and away the best running back in the league. So he's he's still not all that old. He sat out for a season, so that's uh, miles on the clock that he's he's not gained there. And he's someone else that will just benefit so much from Gates not being there. And for Donald then to have Le'Veon Bell, who is one of the best pass catching backs in the league. When he when he's on it, it will it will levy at the game so much, and Jameson Crowder can only be a beneficiary there. So James fully on board with that one. It's not necessarily a buy low target, but it's a buy because you know you're going to get the, the production target. And for me, I am going to go for a running back in the same game. Funnily enough, and it is not Kenyon Drake. Nope. I am telling you to go out and buy Chase Edmonds, who, yeah. Kenyon Drake's looked bad. Uh, Rob, uh, another one, another one of his preseason uh, takes that he will be sat there. Um, <laughs> very, He'll be very telling that one to the kids. He already probably has. Yes, yes, it, for a long time to come. Uh, and Chase Edmonds touchdowns now in back-to-back weeks. It was through the air last week, and it was on the ground this week. He only had the three carries, but he still took that for 36 yards and a touch, albeit one was a, a 29-yard scamper. And he had six targets. He was the third most targeted player in this Arizona Cardinals team this week, just gone. Five receptions for 56 yards. And we're starting him at the moment. Like, that is um, 10.6 uh, PPR points just through the air. And then, obviously, you've got his uh, 9.6 on the ground as well. So, it is... I can't, I can't do the maths quick enough to work out what that is. But um, that is a decent day for Chase Edmonds. And even though Kenyon Drake is still the starter, if you want to call him that, uh, he's still had 19 touches this game. Chase Edmonds can coexist. Chase Edmonds can get that work as well. So go and get Chase Edmonds. And then if finally they do pull the plug on Kenyon Drake, he will be in for a much bigger workload. And I would like to see him in line with Eno Benjamin as well, because I think those two could make a nice dynamic running back duo there in Arizona in Cliff Kingfrey's scheme. James, we flip the attention to sell candidates. Who are you trying to get rid of? This is difficult um, because of what's happened. I'm trying, thinking of trying to sell Amari Cooper. And this is probably not the best week to do it. This may be one of those, hope he has one good week with Dalton because this week wasn't it. There was another potential bus candidate with sort of around the four-point mark. Um, but obviously, we'll get into Dak in a few moments, I imagine. But um, lo- yeah, losing Dak is going to be pretty hard for Amari, I think. And that offense loses its sort of brightest spark because I still think Dak has more, you know, spreading it around to everybody. All, all the wide receivers and tight ends are suddenly taking a big hit on their projections. And while it looked like in the end of that game, it was suddenly Michael Gallup had turned back to life. Mm-hmm. And we now have a case of Gallup, Lamb, Cooper, Schultz all there. And now all of them, you've got to narrow down your percentages. And I think Cooper's going to be hit the worst of all of them. And I think trying to grab some value while you can um, is probably wise, but it may be that you wait a week because the sort of, oh, Dak's gone, might cut a bit raw. You need another week of the of the um, Cowboys sort of saying, no, it's all right, it's all right. And then 
get the trade and then watch it fall down. Yeah, and Cedric Wilson, he's someone that just won't go away either. He's had yeah. 17 targets over the last three weeks. So that's, again, diluting Cooper's share further. And with C.D. Lamb looking as good as he does, he looked phenomenal yesterday. Yeah, He was he was absolutely brilliant. He's very quickly going to become the, the wide receiver one there in Dallas. And like you say, Gallup, he made a couple of clutch catches on that final drive with the, the Red Rocket. Red Rifle? Red Rifle. With Andy Dalton. Oh, neither, really. He's just plain red. <laughs> yeah, with uh, with Andy Dalton throwing to him. He, lo- he looked really good on that last drive as well. So, big fan of the selling of Amari Cooper, but maybe waiting a week or two until he has another big game before we get rid. And then we look at mine, and it's Todd Gurley. He... He had the touches. He had 18 touches. We've talked about before as having a good day. He had 150 scrimmage yards and the touchdown as well in in what was uh, one of the few bright sparks in this Falcons loss to the the Panthers. But Brian Hill, he's getting the touches. He had eight touches. Ito Smith had three touches as well. They are not giving him 100% of the work and he is not going to average 8.6 yards per carry on the ground every week. He's not going to average 7.3 through the air. We're not going to get days like this from Todd Gurley. The touchdowns, I don't think he will be as touchdown prolific as he has been throughout the rest of his career. And he will not average that. I think he's playing a borrowed time with his knee. I'm not a medical expert. He passed his medical in Atlanta, so I can't be sure. But I think he is playing on borrowed time from what we've heard. Los Angeles clearly got rid of him for a reason. So Todd Gurley, he's one of those... It could be that he, he plays out well for the rest of the season, but certainly in your dynasty leagues, uh, it's time to cash in on Todd Gurley now because you, you know his value is not going to be any higher than it is what it is currently. So it does pain me to say it, and maybe it's a little bit bitter of me because I did trade him away in the league last week, and obviously he had a big monster day this week. But um, yeah, Todd Gurley, his value is not going to be any higher than it is today. So we finish out with the injuries that were suffered in week five. And of course, it's something that nobody likes to see. And James, you've already mentioned the biggest one of the week. And it was big in so many reasons. It was clearly that Prescott with a compound ankle fracture and dislocation. He knew instantly. It was a a scramble out of the pocket. He went down, clutching the, the back of his calf. And the first shot... We couldn't quite see it. it. It turned out it was the bone sticking out of his leg. And Tony Romo on the call uh, was saying, um, oh, let's hope it's cramp. Let's hope it's cramp. And then all of a sudden the camera turns to a different angle where his ankle was not in a, in a position that it should be. And the love for that Prescott from every NFL fan on Twitter and also for every single person in that building. Obviously, he had Jason Garrett on the other sideline, his former yeah. head coach, the, the offensive coordinator currently in New York. He came straight over and was, was trying to console Mike McCarthy. And there's just so many elements to this. Obviously, Dak Prescott was holding out for his contract. He was playing on the tag uh, to, try and, to try and get that ultimate big contract. And you just got to feel for him because he does so much for his community. He's had such a rough year, that Prescott, in losing his, his brother and his mother. He didn't need this. He was distraught being carted off the field. And it was not nice to watch um, the, the emotions that, that were going around there. He's clearly so well-loved and respected. Luckily, the compound ankle fracture, it should be something that he can make a full recovery from. Um, whether he will still be the the sprightly uh, scrambler that, that we've seen him in, in previous that Prescott's will remain to be seen but um it hopefully can make a full recovery uh, Dallas pay him what he deserves and we can see him move on from there but that's got to end Dallas's season surely James yeah well the funny thing is Andy Dalton was probably one of the best backups in the league and you get it, you get him in for reasons like this I'm not saying Andy Dalton is exactly a great quarterback but he's you know, you're not going right back to the floor. So, you, you, you know, he's on a par, he's on a par, if not better than a lot of the starters at the moment. Well, okay, not a lot, but some of the starters at the moment, certainly. Um, yes, I'm looking at you, Washington. But um, hopefully that's an injury story we will come on to. But, um, yeah, the, I don't think it's necessarily over just by how poor that division has been this year and just plain is. But it won't go beyond sort of the first round of the playoffs at best. 
I'd certainly say that they they will have they will still give it a go. I don't think this is a tank season yet at all. Um, but yeah, it was just it's just so sad watching the images. You could you knew straight away. To be honest, I in many ways as soon as the scramble happened, it just I could see it happening before it happened, and it was just so strange. And then just seeing it happen, you were like my worst premonition coming true. Mm. But um, yeah, it's just there's this there's, I've got to admit there's there's a lot of players where you know these kind of injuries will happen. It, all it takes is you know one foot in the ground and one defender trying to tackle and just you know you know one foot the foot staying in one position and the rest of the leg attempting to move the other. But um, just the outpouring that Dak had in that game, just how much you could you know see it meant to everybody there and just the response on Twitter was un, unreal. Like. They've seen the exact same injury for other players, but never seen it, you know, reacted to to that level. It's, I mean, it speaks characters for the guy. And yeah, fantasy is with Dak now having to resort to plans B or C, which, you know, it's, that's going to be a tough one. Yeah. And all the best for, for that Prescott and his family, because you do not want to want you do not want to see that, especially after everything that's happened and all the contract negotiations, etc. So hopefully he comes back and he gets paid. However, if Dallas don't want to pay you, Dak, then I'm pretty sure we'll be looking for a new quarterback in San Francisco next year. If you uh, if you want to come along, how we'd quite work that into the finances, paying two franchise quarterbacks. Not entirely sure, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to chip in a little bit, Dak. It's uh, certainly not going to cover probably an hour's wage, but um, yeah, certainly willing to chip in there. In the Sunday night football game between the Minnesota Vikings and the Seattle Seahawks, Dalvin Cook left the game early in the second half with a groin injury. He did return to that game, but he didn't improve on his production at all. He didn't, he didn't rush for any more times. And it was really interesting to see, as you've already mentioned, James, with your with the DraftKings lineup, it was interesting to see Alexander Matterson go off for over 100 rushing yards on the ground. And that was why there were so many question marks about Dalvin Cook's contract at the start of the season, because they've got such a capable backup in Alexander Matterson, who has done the job before and he will get the job done again. So Matterson proven that he's one of the best backup running backs in the league. And Dalvin Cook, he is undergoing an MRI to see the severity of his groin injury. Uh, it's on the defensive side of the ball, but Chandler Jones, one of the best pass rushers in the game, is potentially out for the season after suffering a bicep injury. So all the best to him. And we've, yeah, Kyle Allen, he suffered a head injury. It was a hell of a hit from Jalen Ramsey. Completely illegal, might I add, but um, a hell of a hit. He's playing with a chip on his shoulder, certainly this season, and certainly after last week with his altercation with Golden Tate. But Kyle Allen's almost playing with a chip in his arm now after the yeah. hit. But it did mean that Alex Smith was able to enter the game. Obviously, we had the, well, we don't, we don't know really what's going on there, but Dwayne Haskins was demoted from starter to third in the blink of an eye. He yeah. apparently was ill, so he wasn't even at the stadium for yesterday's game, which um, I'm sure we'll find out more a little bit later. But yeah, Alex Smith, after suffering that horrendous leg break a couple of years ago, was able to come back into the game. And it's weird, Dak Prescott, we saw we saw both sides of the of the of the sub ball today. It was after Alex Smith came back in, we saw that Prescott go. But Alex Smith, the recovery is made. Give that guy comeback player of the season of the now, year because what an incredible journey! And you could see his wife and kids in the stands. The oh look, God, that hit me. The look on her face every single time. And you're, you're Alex Smith. You've had this incredible road to recovery. I think it was 693 days since he last played his his last game. And you have to face Aaron Donald. Yeah. How Just... many times did he get sacked? It was welcome back to the NFL and the Rams took no prisoners. It was I mean, it was it was like the the moment that he came back in, the moment, you know, they they panned to the family and the moment when Kyle Allen went to the tent and you realized oh my, this is actually happening. You you just didn't think it was gonna happen. And then I mean, it was one of those that I was getting chills as it was happening. And then I don't, I can't remember who was on commentary at the time, but when they said the only thing missing from this occasion is a full crowd just standing yeah. up and applauding. Mm-hmm. And just, I just had to think about it. And that hit me right in the feels. But yeah, yeah you just, you just like to think that. And then 
you know, you had two or three players where things were just fine. And then reality struck. And reality was Aaron Donald many times. Hard. Yeah. One for a safety as well, which just sort of, you know, compounded it. Um, Alan looks... Well, Alan was cleared to return later in the game, but they chose to keep Smith in there just because I'd, I think it, at that point it was like we didn't they didn't really want to risk Alan re-aggravating it with all the sacks that were being taken. But be interesting to see what Washington does at this point because I, I imagine Kyle Allen will start the next game, but um, I, a lot of people will be saying that suddenly there's a bit of a question mark. I think Haskins is going to get traded. Yeah, I, I think he, yeah. I have a feeling that there is something going on between him and management. I think he's sat either sounded off at someone or he's just a bad locker room influence or something. But I sense there's a trade coming to a team that either needs a better backup or needs, you know, wants a project. So, you know, it'd be interesting. There's people saying New England's a possibility, Pittsburgh's a possibility. I mean, I wouldn't want it if I think he's a bit of a locker room hindrance, mm. but there's a few teams that could probably do with him as a backup, but if he, you know, isn't of a mentality to take a backup role, then, uh, well, good luck to him. He may well find himself in the XFL when that returns. Indeed, indeed. So just a roundup of the rest of the injuries, quite a few wide receiver ones. Uh, Sammy Watkins exited the game early with a hamstring injury. Deontay Johnson was ruled out of the game with a back injury. That's the second time in a couple of weeks that he's left the game early. Uh, it's concussion um, last time, but back injury this time. AJ That's Green. the reason Claypool's so well right, ranked yeah. in this article, by the way. It's just Johnson's too fragile. Mm-hmm. AJ Green, as we've already mentioned, suffered a hamstring injury. Uh, Tyler Eifert's injured his neck. Uh, another player who's just seemingly constantly been injured throughout his career. And Lane Johnson was carted off with an ankle injury against the Steelers. Like the Philadelphia Eagles needed any more offensive line woes. Um, it's just that guy last week. Be fair to them, late on in that game, when they were starting to come back at the Steelers, that, uh, that banged up offensive line, I have to give them some credit. Because despite how good the Steelers' rush offense is, we weren't getting through too much pressure toward the end. So... It was um, surprisingly our secondary that turned up this time. But, um, yeah, I've got to give them some credit, considering yeah. how battered up they are. Poor. But um, just just wanted to rewind to, to Tyler Eifert, because, well, I was asked to by the wife, and when she's pregnant, I have to. James O'Shaughnessy <laughs> is actually... If Eifert is missing, O'Shaughnessy did this last season. As soon as all the viable tight ends disappeared and he was the only one left, he and Minshew took off like a rocket. And she's sort of buying into O'Shaughnessy's, this is his time that he turns up. And the points have been creeping up of late to the point now where she's saying that uh, he's no longer a loser league player, he's an actual league player. So considering she keeps beating me at times, I thought I'd better throw that in for her. Well, are we going to see uh, James O'Shaughnessy in the, the hype train article? That's a that's the million dollar question. Considering the tight end sparsity going on, um, he doesn't he won't get a full write up, but he will get a the sort of tagline of other potential tight ends. He will be listed in there, so he'll be on the departure board, albeit not in bright shiny light. <laughs> so keep your hashtag eyes peeled for that one. So that concludes the notable injuries. Uh, Adam Schefter has just actually tweeted uh, to say that Sammy Watkins is expected to miss time, possibly a couple of weeks in quotation marks. So I was going to say go get McCall Hardman, but then Byron Pringle rocks up for the first time this season with his grab. Yeah, it's funny watching the commentary on that one because um, Travis Kelsey went off the game for, for a couple of plays. And um, they were saying like, oh, who's who's going to throw to now? And then Byron Pringle rocks up for his his first catch of the season, which was a thirteen yard. No, he's number thirteen. Uh, yeah, for a touchdown. <laughs> so um, yeah, Chiefs plethora of options there. So McCall Hardman, you'd think would be the beneficiary of any Sammy Watkins timeout, but um, don't bank on it. So that concludes today's show. Uh, head over to our Twitter at FTNY Fantasy, where the hype train article will be dropping very soon. Then of course we've got the trades midweek. 
we've not got any Thursday night preview, so uh, we'll be able to spend a little more, more time getting that content ready for you for over the weekend. But of course, we'll have starts, sits, injuries, rankings, we'll have your DFS content, and we'll have everything that you need to get you through your fantasy matchups this week and beyond. So James, where can we find you on Twitter? As always, at NFL Hype Train. Toot toot. Toot toot, indeed. And I have been David Davenport. You can find me on Twitter at Dav underscore F10Y. Uh, please go ahead, give us a review, uh, give us some feedback as to how we're getting on. We'd absolutely love to hear it and anything that we can do to make this show better. Please, please, please get in touch. So thank you very much for listening. Keep those eyes peeled and we'll see you later in the week. been listening to the full 10 yards fantasy podcast you can find us on twitter at f10y fantasy and over on our website www.full10yards.com where we cater to all of your american football needs from nfl general fantasy football college football and even brit ball thanks for listening and remember folks keep those eyes peeled